Church, he's holy, he's worthy, he's mighty, he's powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
God reigns. Let's sing that together this morning. And hallelujah. Speak it over your mind, over your heart. Hallelujah. Speak that over every marriage, every home this morning. Hallelujah. Over every son, every daughter. Yours is the key, yes it is, yours is 
holy is your name Jesus 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 say his name Jesus 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 he's a healing God he's a saving God he's a forgiving God he's a good good father He's my Savior, my healer, my shepherd, my comforter. He's my Lord, my God. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, how many of y'all know there's power in his name? Jesus. David said in Psalm 34, I will exalt the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will give glory to God. Let the afflicted hear the word of God and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Church, when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we lift that name up that's above every other name, at that name, every knee has to bow. Discouragement has to bow. Fear has to bow. Panic attacks have to bow. Cancer has to bow. Sickness and disease, divorce, depression, mental illness has to bow in Jesus' name. His name is still powerful. His name is still powerful. It's strong. His name is a refuge. His name is a refuge. His name is a hiding place. This morning, no matter what you're going through, he's here. His presence is here, he's, he's in the room, his power is here to heal, to restore, to redeem, to renew, to revive whatever's been stolen in your life. God says, I wanna restore it. I wanna restore the joy of your salvation. I wanna restore the peace that you've been robbed of by the enemy. You're gonna get your peace back in your mind, in your house, in Jesus' name. You're gonna get your love back. You're gonna get that warmth back of just knowing Jesus. Some of you, you've been in a stagnant place. It's been a lukewarm season. It's been just a cold place spiritually. God says, I'm about to light a fire in you again. I'm about to light a fresh fire, fresh wind, fresh fire. Holy Spirit, come in this place. Renew our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, come in this place. David said, I called to the Lord. I sought him with all my heart and he answered my prayers. He delivered me from all of my fears. I don't know what you're walking through today, but he still delivers. He still delivers you. He is a delivering God. Whatever you're in the middle of right now, he can deliver you. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in my own life. I've seen him do it in other people's lives. He can deliver you. David says, those who look to God are radiant. They're radiant. You know, I was thinking about it in our last service, uh, one of our young adults pastors, his wife, she's, she's about to have her baby. She's about a month away. And I was thinking about how when a woman is pregnant, there's, they say there's a glow on her face. There's a glow. And in our service last night, as we were worshiping, 
and we were getting uh, to the very end of service, you could just feel there was a glow in the room. It was like by the end of the service, people who had a drooping head, people who had a sad, like just di disposition, their posture was depressed, discouraged. By the end of the service, you could feel there was just a lifting. God was lifting people's heads. When Moses was in God's presence, the Bible says he left God's presence with a glow on his face. Like there was just a shining, a radiance. David said, those who look to God, their faces begin to shine radiantly. They get their energy back. And he says, their faces are never covered with shame. If you came in here today with shame and guilt, shame off you in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, come into his presence with boldness to receive mercy in time of need. If you've sinned, if you've fallen short, welcome to the club. The mercy of God is in the house today. The grace of God is here to lift you up out of that shame, to dust you off, to take all the shame and the guilt. That's what the blood of Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. You're here today to receive mercy, to receive grace, to get his glory back inside you. David said, I was like a poor man calling out. I was impoverished. I was spiritually bankrupt. But God heard my prayer and he saved me out of the poverty of my own troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. This is a word for your family. I just feel to say this over any parents in the room today. Maybe you've been afraid about raising kids in this world in this time, or maybe you've just been concerned about one of your kids, or maybe here today and you're just concerned about a family member. I want you to just circle that scripture. The angel of the Lord is encamping around those who trust in him. He delivers them out of their troubles. Taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed are the people who take refuge in him. Listen, he goes on to say this. He says, for those who fear God lack nothing. Y'all, I can tell you this right now, God is not moved by what, what moves America, the economy here, the recession, whatever it is, the inflation. Listen, those who put their hope in the Lord, he says they will lack no good thing. He says lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The eyes of the Lord are on his children. His ears are attentive to their cries, to their prayers. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted man. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted woman. He saves those who are crushed in their spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles in their life, but the Lord delivers him from all. He protects his bones. Not one of them will be broken. The Lord will rescue his children. No one who takes refuge in God will stand in condemnation. Come on, today is a day to put your hope in the Lord, to take refuge in his presence, to trust in the Lord, to say, God, I need you. Lord, I want you. Lord, I'm crying out to you. God, I wanna be close to you. Lord, I thank you this morning, God, that your presence is here, your love is here, your healing power is here, your mercy is here, your grace is here. And I pray, God, that as we worship you today, as we take communion, as we take time to just seek you, Lord, that we're gonna leave changed, Lord, with a glow in our hearts, that shame has to go, fear has to go, anxiety has to go, peace is gonna come this morning, joy is gonna come. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen and amen. Come on. Y'all, welcome to Victory. Welcome to Worship Weekend. Hey, while you're standing, 
We're gonna go right into our confession. If you're new to Victor, we say a confession every week. I'm gonna invite up my beautiful wife. We are celebrating 13 years being married this weekend. Tomorrow is our anniversary. And uh, we say a declaration every week. We, we believe there's power in our words. A divided world needs a united church. So we're gonna lift each other's hands up on our left and right. Babe, you wanna lead them in the confession? I sure do. Okay, let's put this on the screen on the count of three. Let's say it together. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. And I'm gonna invite up my parents, Terry and Brenda Henshaw, been members of this church since the very beginning in 1981. And I've asked them just to come and share real quick uh, a word on their heart on giving. You know, everything that I've learned in this house and been a part of since a little kid has been from uh, the pastors of, that founded this church, Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon and Pastor Paul and Ashley, but also my parents. And so share just what giving has meant to you, to us as a family. As Daniel said, we've been here for over 40 years at Victory. And it's because of the ministers, the speakers, our pastors that have been on the stage that have taught us and trained us. When we started, we were just 19 and 20 years old. So we came from denominational churches. We didn't know and understand everything about giving. I even understood less than Terry. But as we listened and as we heard, we were trained. And one of the speakers taught us how to live to give. Not to give so we could live, so we could eat, so we could pay our bills, but to live to give. And so we learned that and began. At the beginning, we didn't have a lot of finances over and above tithe. It was just struggle sometimes to give tithe. But we began giving $1, $5, 5 turned into 10, 10 became 20, and on and on and on until we could give that over and above amount so that we could um, live to give. And that's what we have put in our hearts all these years to just be able to look around us, keep our eyes open, keep our ears open when we're in a store, a gas station, in friends' homes, whatever, listening so we can be able to know if there's a giving opportunity. And by doing that, then we've been blessed, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And what His promises say in the Word to us, that He blesses us. There are so many scriptures in the word that you can stand on, but so many of them are blessing. He's a good, good father. He is a great father. He doesn't want you to go without. He doesn't want you to barely be making it. He wants to see your heart be so open that you give and he blesses that back. You know, Brenda, I think years ago we heard a, a motto from the Green family who own Hobby Lobby. Their family motto is to love God intimately and to live extreme generosity. And we begin to model that as we are in this miracle house as well, things that we watched here. And as we begin to model those in our own family and begin to give and begin to share what God would put in our hands. The day came when we, were, we knew we were to launch out and to start a, a company. And the Lord said, gave us this word. He said, because of your giving, turn to the person beside you and say, because of your giving, 
That was the word he gave me. Because of your giving, I'm gonna reveal to you how to start a multi-million dollar company. You see, when God gave us that word and he said, I'm gonna show you how to do it. Those of you that are wanting to start a company, those of you that, that you, want in, you need increase and you just want to be generous, that if you'll just simply be obedient to what God calls you to do and what he asks of you, we started that company and we understood how the kingdom operates. And it's through your giving. And when you do that and you understand, see, you're living or you're a part of right now a miracle house. And many of you may not even realize because, you know, that, that and I get the privilege of, of being involved in so many things. But right now in Kentucky, this house is helping build 17 homes that was, they were wiped off their foundation during the tornado about eight months ago. Literally these homes, they lost everything. And we, lo and we found these widows, single moms with kids, veterans, and those who had great need that didn't have insurance. And in the process right now, and three of those homes are ready and the trucks will leave because we're not only just building the homes, but we're also completely furnishing those homes. See, this house is a part of that. This house is a part of 400 families when Kentucky flooded just a few months ago and helping over 400 families there. And then our team just arrived back last night where we sent our chainsaw teams and our roofing teams and people that helped during, for the tornado. And, and we went to a, a, an island called Little Gasparilla Island in Florida where no one was helping. Literally, you had to take a barge or a boat over to the island. We had to move all of our equipment. And it's still there. And so we have teams now that are scheduled to help 390 families that went through devastation. And many don't have insurance there as well. This house is a part of that. You see, you're part of a miracle here. And when you tap into what God is doing and when you are generous and when you share... God not only helps people around the world, which this house is touching people around the world, but he also takes care of your needs as well. And so when you partner with God and when you get involved, it not only changes the lives of literally millions of people, but it also changes your life. So good, so good. Stay up here just a minute, I'm gonna have you pray, but today we have an opportunity to continue in our generosity, to continue to live extravagant generosity and give. There's offering envelopes on the back of your seats if you'd like to give physically, or you can text to give. Text VICTORY to 28950 plus the amount. And if you're watching online, there's a link that you can click right there. But would you pray over the offering as well? Father, we just thank you. As we live to give, Father, we know your word says that if we give, not grudgingly or sparingly, that you would give back to us, Father, everything that we need, that we would be the lender and not the borrower. We would be the head and not the tail. You said, Father, in Malachi 3, 10 and 11, that if we would not withhold the tithe, you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on us. There's not room enough to contain. And then verse 11 says, you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. Anything stealing our money, anything taking our finances, anything uh, breaking 
down in our homes. You rebuke the devourer so those things don't happen. So our finances can go further. So we just thank you that every household here is blessed. Every household watching is blessed with the finances they need, the food they need in their pantry and their refrigerators this week, the bills they need to pay this week. As they release their finances, as they release their tithe, as they release their over and above giving, their offerings, it will come back to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men and women giving unto them the things they need, that we will not be without Father, because you're not that kind of a God. You are a good, good Father. You're a good, good God. And we thank you for what you do for us as we release what's in our hands. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Our ushers will be by in just a minute. Let's go back into a time of worship.
I'm a testimony how you saved my soul. I once was bound, but now I'm free. Jesus has rescued me. for anyone this morning who's battling a sickness, maybe a terminal illness, whatever the doctors have diagnosed, I believe today there's a great physician in the house. His name is Jesus. He healed back then and he can do it again. And I just want to release my faith. I know there's many of us in this room that want to release our faith to believe that God could heal you. If you're here this morning, you need healing. You need a miracle in your body, 
your mind, whatever it is, I want you to just leave your seat. Come and find a place at this altar. And we're just going to press in. This is a worship weekend. We're, gonna, we're just going to open this altar up just to believe for miracles, to believe for signs and wonders, to believe for God to touch you, for God to heal you. If you need healing in your leg, your back, your body, maybe your mind, maybe you've been battling just not being able to sleep at night, whatever miracle you're standing for this morning, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your health, something, whatever it is, mental health, just come down to this altar this morning. Listen, here's the thing. In the Word of God, when people needed a miracle, they would press in. When they found out Jesus was coming, they would press in. There was two blind men. They heard Jesus was coming through Jericho. They began to shout. They, they made their, their need known. They began to follow Jesus. They pressed through. And Jesus said, what do you need? They said, we need to see again. He said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Immediately, their eyes were opened. There was a woman who had an issue of bleeding. She couldn't get it to stop. She went to doctors for 12 years. They, they charged her money. She paid for medicine, medication. Nothing could fix it. There are some things that a pill will never fix. There are some things that medicine can never fix. Only a touch from heaven. And when she heard Jesus was coming through town, she released her faith. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And immediately when she pressed through the crowd, there was hundreds of people, thousands pressing against Jesus, but one woman pressed in with faith and she received a miracle. There was a man with leprosy, a skin disease. It was so bad he had to cover himself up. And in Matthew chapter eight, when he heard Jesus was on the mountain, he started walking towards the mountain near Galilee. As he got closer, Jesus said, what do you need? He said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. You can heal my skin disease. I just felt like this morning, God wants to heal someone of a skin disease. I don't know what that skin disease has been, but he wants to heal you today. When Jesus saw the man, not only did he heal him, but he touched him, which in that day, you weren't supposed to touch someone who had sickness or disease. It made you unclean. But Jesus is never intimidated by your sickness, your sin, your shame, your disease, whatever you've done, you're never too dirty for Jesus. You're never too, listen, you're never too far for Jesus to touch you. And he wants to give you freedom today. He wants to give you peace today. When he encountered the woman caught in the act of adultery, he got down in the sand and he lifted her up. And he said, where are your accusers? She said, there, there's none. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus would heal those who were sick in their heart, those who were heartbroken, those who were sick in their mind. He cured a man of, of tormenting diseases. If you're here today and you need healing in your mind, maybe you've had headaches. Maybe you came in today and you've just been battling depression. Maybe you've been battling just intense anxiety, stress. Come on down to the altar. Just make your way down to the altar. And you might say, well, what's, what's it about the altar? It's just an action step. It's a faith step. It's pressing in to say, Lord, I believe that you can. And I'm gonna release my faith that you're able to heal. And what we're gonna do is we're just gonna begin to worship. Y'all, worship is a weapon. It is a weapon. This is the message this weekend. It is our worship. Worship is our weapon against the enemy. And so let's just begin to close our eyes all over this place and invite God just to move in your life. If, if at some point in the service you need to sit down, you can sit down, but y'all, we're just gonna let the Holy Spirit move in this place. We're gonna let him just begin to touch lives as we begin to sing praises to God. If you're new to church and you're trying to figure out what this is all about, welcome. We're glad you're here. You're in the right place. The presence of God is here to heal, to renew, to redeem, to restore, to set free, to set your mind in order where there's been chaos, where there's been confusion. Lord, we speak peace in Jesus' name.
I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Come on, release your faith this morning. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. And I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it. He's gonna turn your test into a testimony. He's gonna turn what the enemy said to destroy into a testimony of his goodness, of his grace, of his power. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for
I believe he's healing backs right now. Someone who's had pain in your lower back. I believe he's touching your spine right now. He's getting your spine back in alignment from the top of your head to the toes of your feet. Lord, I just speak healing to backs right now. Hearts. God, I just pray for hearts. Someone who's just had, you've had a, a sickness in the heart. You've had pain in the heart. You've maybe even experienced heart attacks of some kind today in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're healing his heart. You're healing her heart. Someone whose heart has been broken. You've walked through a very painful relationship, a painful ending, and God says, I'm healing your heart. I'm healing your heart. I'm healing your heart. God's, God's the great physician. He's the heart healer. Someone who's had, you've, you've, had, you've lost your vision. Your eyes have been, um, there, there's been a loss of vision, a percentage of loss, maybe complete loss in one eye. I just hear God saying, I'm restoring sight to that eye. I'm restoring not just physical sight, but spiritual sight. You're getting your vision back in Jesus' name. Maybe you just need to blink. You just need to open that eye. Just practice whatever it is that you've, you've been standing on, someone's ear. You've had pain in your ear. You've had an earache. Maybe you've even lost hearing in, in both ears or in one ear in Jesus' name today. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're healing his ears. You're healing her ear today. And God, I thank you, Lord, not just physical hearing, but spiritual hearing, that she's able to hear your voice again. God, that she's able to hear your voice again in her heart. I pray for someone's foot. I, I prayed for this in the last service, but I, I just keep hearing it again. Someone who's had swelling in your foot. Maybe you're watching online, but you, your foot has been in a lot of pain. Maybe it's your left foot, your right foot, but there's been pain in your foot. And, and maybe it has to do with something. You went through a sprain or a break in your foot. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're healing their foot this morning. You're healing, God, that the swelling is going down. The pain is going down. Lord, I pray for someone who's had pain in their hips. God, it's been so bad, it's, it's been hard for them to move. It's been hard for them to, to walk or even to sit down. I thank you, Lord God, that you're healing their hips this morning. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, that cancer has to bow. In Jesus' name, tumors are being dissolved. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, in terminal illness, God, is being reversed today. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're giving life today for someone who's watching in the hospital. Lord, I pray healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray resurrection life in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray right now for someone who's had torment in their mind. If that's you, just put your hand on your temple. Yeah. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's restoring order. He's giving you peace. Lord, we kick out every foul spirit that has been messing with his mind, with her mind. I command every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of anxiety, every, every dark spirit that has lodged itself in his mind, in Jesus' name. Lord, peace be still. We command every demonic spirit to leave in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, tormenting spirits have to go. Headaches have to go. Depression has to go. Bipolar has to go. Schizophrenia has to go in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak peace in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. The only voice they're gonna hear is your voice, God. All the other voices in their head have to be silenced in Jesus' name, God, that they will begin to just hear your voice, the voice of the good shepherd. You're a child of God. He loves you. He is for you and not against you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
This is how. Come on, your worship is a weapon. This is how I find my battles. You're in a war right now. This is how I find my The enemy is screaming. But I'm telling you, your victory is in your worship. Your victory is in your worship. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how You're going to win with your praise. You're going to overcome with your testimony. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my surrounds you with his favor, with his love. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand, when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more, cause I put my faith in Jesus.
y'all can feel the presence of God, the power of God in this place. If you want to, you can sit down right where you're at. You can sit on the floor. You can sit in a chair. If you need it back to sit up against, just find a chair near you. We're going to go right back into worship, but we're going to take communion. And before we take communion, I just want to get our hearts prepared for it because communion is a serious thing. It's a powerful thing. It's, a, it's an intimate thing. And um, if you don't have communion elements, just raise your hand. Our ushers will come and bring it to you. They've got some, some uh, buckets of communion elements they can bring to you. And again, you can sit on the floor. We're gonna go right back into worship if you want to. By the way, when we were praying for people to get healed, did anyone experience a, a change in your body this morning? You felt God do something during worship. Did you feel, would you stand up if, if you felt like God touched you. You had an encounter with Jesus during worship. Would you stand up? Can we cheer on what God's doing? I'm counting one, two, three, four, five. She's got her cane raised back there. Six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Stay standing. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Shout out what God did in your body this morning. Go ahead and just shout. What'd he do? He healed your spine, your mind. Y'all raising your hands, just shout out, what did Jesus do? Your back, your skin. Come on, I, I felt like God was gonna heal someone's skin this morning. What did, he, what did he heal you? Peace, you got your peace back. Peace, how many of y'all needed peace today? You just needed to get your mind to stop running in, in, in races of anxiety. You got peace this morning. Shout out, what did Jesus do? Joy. Digestive system, come on, Jesus. Come on, can we give God praise? He's still doing miracles in America in 2022. All right, y'all can take a seat wherever you're at. If you got a Bible, go to Luke chapter 10. And um, yeah, we get excited about the Word of God. And like I said, we're gonna go right back into worship, so Josh, just keep playing. And we got a powerful testimony I'm gonna have you listen to in a minute. But this is a moment where Jesus was he was with his disciples and in Luke chapter 10, he was headed through a village and um, it says when, when they found out that he was coming through their town, there was a woman named Martha who opened up her house 
and she had a sister named Mary. In verse 39, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was just listening to whatever he had to say. She's just sitting there with just a posture of receptivity, a posture of humility, just saying, Lord, I wanna, I wanna hear from you, I wanna know you. God, that's our prayer, that's our posture this morning. We just wanna know you. Lord, we wanna be with you. She just sought Jesus and she said, God, I, I wanna know you. More than she wanted something from Jesus, she just wanted to be with Jesus. And God is not against you asking for things that you need in your life. Maybe you need healing or mercy or all that stuff. He wants you to ask him, but he also wants you to just wanna be with him too. This last week, we were hanging out with our kids and, and uh, my oldest son, Liam, he said, Daddy, I don't care what we do today as long as I'm with you. Wherever we go, as long as I'm with you. And I was getting ready to take them somewhere fun. And uh, Benny said the same thing. He said, me too, me too. He said, Daddy, I just wanna be with you. I don't care where we go, I just wanna be with you. As long as I'm with you. So then I was like, well, I guess I don't have to take them anywhere or pay for anything. And they said, well, we still wanna go somewhere fun, but we wanna just be with you. They knew they had my attention. I was giving them my time. And they were so excited to just have some time together. And I felt like God was reminding me this week just that importance of leaning in to say, God, I just wanna be with you. I just wanna spend time with you. Lord, I wanna put aside all distractions. I wanna put down my phone. I wanna close all the screens down. Maybe you're watching online right now and you're tempted to be distracted. Mary was so focused. She didn't have anything else on her mind. She just wanted to be with Jesus. And that's hard sometimes when we come to church because we got a lot of things going on, a lot of stuff that's vying for our attention. It takes real intentionality to just give God your attention and to just lean in and say, okay, Jesus, I'm here, I'm with you. Say what you need to say. Do what you need to do. Renew my mind, change my heart. God, have, have ownership. I surrender my burdens, my cares, my worries my shame, my sin, whatever it is that's standing between me and you, Lord, I give it to you. So Mary is there with Jesus, and it says in verse 40, her sister, but Martha was distracted. And if you have a pen and you're, you're taking notes, you could just underline that word distracted, because that is the word for so many of us in 2022, just distracted by so many other things. She was distracted by preparing for Jesus. She was doing something for Jesus, but she wasn't focused on Jesus. This happens to ministers, pastors, happens to me, happens to people who work in a church. We can get so focused on working for Jesus that we forget to just be with Jesus. And this is a word for anyone who's, you know, church folk, not just staff, but people who are used to coming to church every week. Don't just do something for Jesus, be with Jesus. Take time to just go, Lord, I wanna be with you this week. I want fellowship, I wanna, I wanna know you. We spend a lot of time on a lot of things. You know, yesterday I, I turned on the TV and I saw OU was winning the game, and that was great. And, uh, and last night, watching some football, we spend a lot of time on a lot of things that within 24 hours won't mean much at all. It was great in that moment, but within 24 hours, I'm faced with something that's bigger than a football game and I'm dealing with relation, relationship stuff and, and life that a football game can't fix. And yet we give our attention, 
we will sit for three hours and not complain. We, we in fact, like it when it goes into overtime. We're like, ooh, four hours. But if a church service goes more than an hour and a half, we're like, what is wrong with this pastor in the service? Y'all, we gotta get back to putting Jesus as a priority over OU, OSU, Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not against us watching sports, but it steals so much of our time. And how much time are we giving to just being with Jesus, just being in his presence? And, and we're distracted by so many other things. And maybe it's not entertainment, maybe it's work, maybe it's family, maybe it's things that, that are good, but it's, it's taking away from the focus in the moment. Martha is, is focused on all these other things and she comes to Jesus, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister Mary has left me to do all the work by myself? And I can relate to that. I know some of y'all can relate to that, where you feel like you're carrying all the weight and you're doing all the work. And you're like, I have been working really hard for you, God. I've been carrying his weight and her weight and they're not showing up to work and I'm doing this for them. And you can get bitter doing stuff for God. You can get bitter doing stuff for your family. You can get bitter trying to be a good servant leader and you get resentful. And Jesus looks at Martha and, and she, he can tell she is frustrated with Mary. And he says, Martha, Martha. Jesus knows your name. He knows your name. He knows he can read your mail. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's on your mind. He says, you are worried. He calls it out. He doesn't even talk about the preparation. He says, you're worried about stuff. You're stressed about stuff. You're angry about things. He says, you are upset about so many things. So many, so many things has you riled up right now. It's stirring you. It's driving you. It's, it's stealing your attention. But few things are needed. Indeed, only one thing. And Mary has found that one thing. She's chosen the most important thing in this moment and it will not be taken away from her. Lord, I pray that we would choose your presence over everything else. I, I pray, God, that we would, we would fall more in love with your presence than our performance. Something we've been teaching with our worship staff is just the importance of presence over performance. That we, as a worship team, we want to cultivate a house where the presence of God is the most powerful part of the service. That you come not to encounter a personality, not to encounter a performance, but the presence of God, it just saturates. From the parking lot, to the kids' rooms, to the nursery rooms, to the auditorium, that the presence of God just pierces through all of the things you're walking through. And that you would feel it, that there would just be a weight of God's glory in this house, in this place. But one thing we've said is, what good is a good performance if the presence of God show, doesn't show up? Like if we sing all the songs right and the band nails it, but the presence of God doesn't fall, then it was just a, it was just a religious service. Now, if we don't sing all the songs that well and we don't hit all the right chords, but the presence of God shows up, then we had an encounter with Jesus. It's okay if it's both. If we hit all the right chords, we sing well, and the that's what we, but we want the presence more than anything else. His presence is our priority. We wanna be, we wanna be like Mary. We just wanna lean in and say, God, we want your presence. We want you. 
Lord, we want you to move in this place. Every distraction, every attitude, every issue that I might have that could get in the way of what you want to do. Lord, I pray that you would remove it. I pray, God, that you would just move in this place, in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in Jesus' name. As we get ready to take communion, I want to just say one last thing. Some of you are waiting on a miracle. You are praying, and you've been in a season of just waiting. Yesterday, we were coming back home. We, we were out of town, and we stayed at a pastor's house with our kids and, and just enjoying some time together as a family. And as we were coming home, I got delayed. My flight was different than the family's. I got delayed getting back for our Saturday night service. And it just kept getting delayed. And I felt the Lord say, turn this delay into praise. Turn this waiting season into a worship time. Just, just, just take time. And so I started looking for someone I could witness to. I thought, okay, I'm gonna encourage somebody. I'm gonna you know, share Jesus with someone. And, and I, I didn't know who to go to. And then I saw this piano out of the corner of my eye in the airport, right next to one of the gates that, that people were waiting at. And no one was sitting there. So I walked over and sat at the piano and it turned on. So I started playing it. And people started walking over there. And there was a sign that said, don't be too loud. So I was just being loud enough for people to know that I was worshiping Jesus. And some people started walking over there. And some guy came up. He said, play some Elton John. I said, I don't know any Elton John. He said, you know, you know Oogie Boogie? I was like, I don't know Oogie Boogie either. He's like, well, what do you know? I was like, I know worship music. That's all I know. So I just started singing, Jesus, Jesus. How I trust you, how I've proved you or endure. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise, worthy is your name. So I just turned that waiting time into a worship time. And you never waste time worshiping God. You never, worship is never a waste of time. Worship is not fluff. It's not filler time. It's not the time before the sermon. It is the sermon. Worship is a weapon against the enemy. And it's our chance to tell the devil, you don't win today. You don't win. My mouth is not going to curse my life. I'm going to speak a blessing. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus in the midst of whatever I'm walking through. And you can turn your delay into praise. You can learn just in that moment just to say, God, I need you. The Bible says that when you take communion, recognize that it is a holy practice. It is intimacy with God. It is a dangerous thing to take communion with an unholy reverence, with an, a non-sacredness to it, to go, well, it's just bread and juice and it doesn't matter. I'm just going to eat it, drink it, and we'll head out of here. We need to come into communion with an, a reverence, an awe, a holiness to say, God, before I eat this bread that represents the body of Christ that was broken for me, before I drink this juice that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for me on the cross at Calvary that washes my sins away, Lord, I want to just open my heart to you and say, God, if there's anything in me that you need to, to change, anything that you need to pull out, if there's anything, God, if there's stuff that I just need to confess and get right with you, Lord, I don't want to take communion in a way that, Lord, is, is, is 
irreverent to your presence. Lord, I want to honor this moment. I want to honor your body. I want to honor your blood. So this morning, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today, and, and as we get ready to take communion, if there's something you just need to talk to Jesus about, maybe you feel like Martha. You just feel a little bit overwhelmed by life. You feel a little bit distracted by some stuff. Maybe it's sin, maybe it's shame, maybe it's fear, maybe it's the future, maybe it's finances, maybe it's the economy, maybe it's something to do with school or family or a relationship. Whatever it is that's just, it's, it's got your attention right now. I can just hear Jesus saying, just give it to me, just trust me. Just trust me with that, trust me with that. Jesus is a good shepherd. He wants to lead you in a good path. If that's you today, and you just need to give some things to the Lord. You need to just confess to the Lord, repent and release some things to God. Just lift your hand up all over this room. He's with you. He loves you. He's for you. You need mercy this morning. He's here. His grace is here. Let's just pray this together. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I repent of my sin and I receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You are my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. By your stripes, I am healed. I am forgiven. I am righteous. I'm a child of God. My name is in the book of life. Heaven is my eternal home. And I will live for you here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet. If you have that communion element, you could pull it out. Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. As he was sitting with his disciples at that last supper, he passed the bread around. This morning we have this piece of bread with us and we're going to eat it. Remember what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. Let's remember his body was given for us. He said, this is the new covenant that I'm making with you. This juice represents the blood of Jesus that was poured out on Calvary, washes your sins away. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are his. Let's drink it today. Remember what Jesus did for us. You could pass your cups down. The ushers are just going to come and receive it. And let's just worship Jesus for for this moment, if you want to press down into the altar, let's just sing this.
There's nothing like the presence of God. Oh, we reverence Jesus. Yeshua. Oh, oh. You know, the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And it's so amazing when you think about test, we're like, I'm gonna testify after the test is over. But the true mark of faith is even when you're in the middle, can you still lift up your hands? Can, can you still worship? And so I, I, I'm here to testify in the middle. Because I'm, I'm here to testify, not when it's over. I'm testifying in the middle. My name is Virginia. I am 42 years of age. I have four beautiful kids, an amazing husband, two dogs, so I love two. And um, I was diagnosed with end-stage renal disease, meaning my kidneys, according to the doctors, do not work. As a matter of fact, I think the last time I looked on my chart, it said I had 6% kidney function. If that's not a blow, so I moved down here in faith, follow my husband, I get down here, we're gonna follow the Lord and, and do what he says. And so when I first came down, we were still praising God, loving God, and doing what we always do. 17% and it started dropping, and I wouldn't have known except just been kind of following up with the doctors. Thank God for doctors. Amen. Thank God for doctors. Um, but praise God, I know the great physician as well. And so, um, as the story goes, uh, more recently, within the last three months, I was put on dialysis. And it's amazing. I, 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 only, I can say amazing because what God is doing, even in the middle. Because what ends up happening is when you get a devastating blow, disappointment tries to set in. When you get a devastating blow, what, what happened? What, what, what I don't understand. And God began to deal with me about pressing in, kind of what Pastor Paul said. There's a blessing in the pressing. And I may not see what I want to see just yet, but in my spirit, I already know that I'm here from the crown of my head to the very soles of my feet. And so recently, after the kidney, you know, uh, the dialysis, I'm like, well, I, I finally got the hang of it, just praise and worship. Another blow came. I go back to the doctor and they say, we believe you have cancer. Well, wait, 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 wait. What'd you say? Yeah, you don't have kidney function, but we need to take the residual kidney function that you have. We need to remove one of the kidneys that you do have that, that really is functioning at, at that time, 10%. Now we need to take a kidney because we believe we have 99% sure that you have cancer. Well, of course your mind goes, well, Come on, Jesus, I've served you, I've loved you. What, what is going on? And, and I recognize in this season, the Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But here's the thing we don't really think about. We don't get to choose the weapon. Wouldn't it be nice to say, just punch me one time, I'll be good. I, that won't hurt. You know, do this or or do that and I get to choose. We don't get to choose. I didn't get to choose kidney disease being the weapon formed against me because if I had a choice, this would not be what it would be. 
But the thing about it, what we're doing today and what you just don't do today, but when you go home, when you're away from the crowds, when you're away from the noise, is we have a greater weapon than whatever the enemy could ever throw at us. And that weapon is our praise. That weapon is our worship. So I don't know what weapon has been formed against you. It may not be kidney disease. It may not be a removal of, the, of a kidney. What I can tell you with the, let me go back to that. So they said I had cancer. Went in, took the kidney August 23rd. Found out there was no cancer whatsoever. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. I don't know what you are facing. I don't know how bleak and how dim it is. It may not be you're walking around with 6% kidney function. But I tell you, if you begin to press, if you can get yourself out of the aisles and get in the altar and say, God, I'll give you what I have. I'll get an agreement with your word. He's singing songs of deliverance over you. He's speaking a blessing over you. And so I dare you to press. I dare you to lift your hands. I dare you to cry if you have to worship because there's a blessing he has proclaimed over your life. Hallelujah. Oh. Be upon you in a thousand generations. Come on, in your family and your children. Come on, declare it. In the middle, we have victory. Be upon you in a thousand generations. Feel this place, oh God, and your children. 
Y'all, I feel like we just had a breakthrough right there. <laughs> Something just shifted. Virginia. Virginia, you tried out for the worship team, what, a month ago? You came into the choir room. I had just gotten out of the hospital because um, the story is so long. So after they removed the kidney, then the enemy came with another sucker punch because he don't fight fair, but we don't either. Ha <laughs> ha. So kidney came out, praise God, no cancer. But then I began dealing with uncontrollable nausea and vomiting. They could not figure out what was going on. And I went to the hospital for seven days straight. So that was August 23rd, so about two, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I was in a hospital. And I got a text about auditioning. And again, this is what faith, faith does not say I'm going to wait until it lines all up. Faith is now. And so I got the text from Roseanne saying, hey, we need you to come in and audition. I was like, you know, I'm in a hospital right now. I'm believing I'll be able to get there. Well, the day of the audition, for lack of better words, I was so sick, throwing up, couldn't hold anything down, had lost 15 pounds, um, but standing in faith. And so um, I told my husband, I said, I just can't do it. I just, uh, I can't. But I sensed the Lord saying, that this is part of your faith journey as they went. See, we, we, we forget that part. There's an action to your faith as they went. So I told my husband, let's go. So I went up in the car on the way there, got in and uh, couldn't stand. My husband was having to hold me up because now you got a kidney disease. Then you, got, you lost a kidney and can't eat nothing, hadn't eaten, drank, literally consumed food in weeks. And, uh, but I got in there and there's something again about the presence of God and, and they were, y'all were so kind to me, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Um, but I just began to sing and I felt strength enter my body. I, I told them afterwards, they, they prayed for me and we just worshiped. Um, Cause I, I hadn't sang, I hadn't had any water, but it's amazing. If you take one step towards God, he's taking a million towards you. And so my step just to come, because I, I feel like it, it, as Pastor Paul, it's not about the per performance. I just want the presence. If I can get the presence, everything else comes with it. And so I pressed in there. And I tell you, since that, what was that, Tuesday, every day, I've been getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And what the enemy cannot stand is this girl is up here worshiping and praising. I've tried to take her out, but she just won't let go. And I'm here to tell somebody, how long can you hang in the fight? Hang in there longer than the devil's punches. I don't care how bad it looks, you punch back in praise. You punch back in worship and watch and see what God does for you and not just for you, but those that are connected to you. So I'm, I'm encouraging, I'm challenging you. I don't know what you're going through, but let today be the day that you say, oh, I'm off the ropes. I'm off the ropes. If you watch 
uh, boxing, when somebody on the ropes, they're not out of the fight, but they're just kind of blocking themselves from blows. So they're on the defense. No, 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 no. Your weapon is offensively. You don't wait. You punch, you jab, and you let the enemy know you can't mess with me. I am a child of God. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I always win. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. So somebody give him a shout of praise. How many of y'all received that word she just shared? Oh God, thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so faithful. You're so good. Lord, you're leading us out today, God, with peace. You're leading us out today with victory in our lungs, in our hearts. Worship, praise, a song. God, I thank you, Lord, even just that testimony in the middle. For every person who's in the middle, God, to just be encouraged to keep on singing, keep on worshiping, stay on the offense. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, just for speaking today. God, through Virginia, through the songs, just into each of our hearts. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing, what you've done, what you're about to do. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind could perceive what God has in store. God, I thank you, Lord. There's a well in Tulsa. There's many wells, God, of revival. And Lord, today is just the beginning. Today is just the beginning. You're stirring something. God, I pray for fresh wind this week, fresh fire. Restore the joy of our salvation. Remind us of that beautiful joy we have of knowing you and making you known. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, thank you that you've gone ahead of me. You go behind me and before me, all around me. You surround me 
with songs of victory. Your favor is on my life. You are for me and not against me. Nothing can separate me from your love. Your power is strong on my life. Your presence is in my life. So I'm going to walk in victory by faith, not by sight. I've got the victory in Jesus' name. Amen.